Okay, so this is like the 18th time I've recorded this intro. Uh, I I have this problem where I want the intro to always be perfect, but it's never going to be perfect because you know what? I'm just human. So what's up? It's Monday. Welcome to Project Freelance. I'm having a... I'm having a hard time with this intro. I don't know what to say this week on Project Freelance because I think I'm just super excited for you guys to listen to this episode with Joe Large. Uh, Joe, Joe is a self-taught filmmaker and photographer. He is shooting for National Geographic. He is shooting for the BBC, and this guy is self-taught. He is self-taught. I can't stress that enough. It makes me so proud to see somebody that taught themselves how to do a craft, and they are working their dream job. And it's so cool. I've always wanted to shoot for Nat Geo. Joe also always wanted to shoot for Nat Geo, and he is doing it. And in this episode, he's actually going to give you some tips if you want to shoot for for companies like Nat Geo or BBC, or if you want to work for some of these companies, there are things you can do, and there are places, and there are resources for you. And Joe talks about them in this podcast. And I am so freaking excited I had such a good time talking to him. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. But first, you know I'm going to tell you about the things that you need to do. I'm going to give you all the call to actions because I'm a good podcast host and that's how we do intros. So if you're new to the podcast, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button. I want you to know when I upload another episode. I want you to know when another guest comes on this podcast. I want you to know when there's more information for you. And I'm making it super easy. All you got to do is hit that subscribe button. You know what I'm saying? And if you like this episode, if you like what you hear on this podcast, do me a big fat old favor. Leave me a rating. Leave me a rating, not only for myself, so I get feedback from you guys directly, but so that other potential listeners can find this podcast and read your feedback so that they can know how dope this podcast is. (laughs) That's pretty much it. I mean, let's be real. When you were looking for a podcast to listen to about freelancing, you saw Project Freelance and you were like, hmm, what's this about? You probably scrolled down and saw that five-star rating and you were like, okay, people think this podcast is pretty good. Maybe I should check it out. But uh, maybe you were a little skeptical at first. Maybe you were like, okay, you got a couple five-star ratings. Let me read some reviews. You read the reviews. So here's the thing. The more reviews we have the better the chances are that people are going to listen to this podcast and then we can just help grow a community and we can help other freelancers follow their dreams. Help me help other people by leaving some feedback. That's pretty much all you got to do, guys. And I just want to let you guys know there are a bunch of resources down in the description of this episode for you guys if you need help getting started using the Adobe package, if you need help with Adobe Premiere, things like that. There are deals for you. If you want to start submitting your photos to photo contests where they could potentially be featured in exhibitions all over the world, there are links down below for you. Check out some of that stuff. Bunch of resources down there for you guys. But without further ado, I just want to jump right into this episode with Joe so that we can talk about how he got started in filmmaking and where he is at now shooting for Nat Geo, the BBC, and more. Joe, do me a favor, tell the people who you are and what you're all about. My name's Joe Large. I'm a professional photographer and filmmaker. Um, been shooting film, well, I've, I've been doing it forever, as long as I can remember. When I was a little kid, uh, my best friend's mom had a VHSC camcorder, and we would just shoot, us, yeah, shoot ourselves doing like stupid stunts and skateboarding and just being idiots. Um, and I just 
it evolved from there and now that's what I do for a living. <laughs> it's pretty fun to get to travel. Um, love what I do. I wouldn't do anything else. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much the gist. <laughs> Did you have anybody that really inspired you to start filmmaking or photography as you were growing up and learning? Um, I did like when I, so I started watching like Warren Miller ski movies back in the day and that was a huge influence. I was like, man, I want to do that. I want to live that dream life or whatever. Um, it was kind of cool. Like watching how his career progressed from living in his like trailer in Idaho back in the forties and fifties or whatever to what it became. Um, yeah, he was a big influence. And then, uh, I was, I was always doing the kind of like stupid jackass stuff, you know, when I was a kid filming it or whatever and like watching those guys I was like i can do that not like before it was a tv show like the old cky videos and stuff like that you know um and then i always love like nature stuff like all the planet earths and those kind of films um photography i just love creating a, a moment because time's fleeting you know um that way you can kind of hold on to things if you have a photo of it or whatever but yeah i'm pretty much self-taught for the most part, um, just picked up a camera and tried to fake it till I made it, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. But one thing that kind of happened, um, I lost both my parents before I was, uh, 35 and was, I was filming before that when I moved out, like, before I moved out to Colorado in 03, I was just filming stupid stuff. I lived up in Vermont for a little while. Um, filming friends, bands and skateboarding and surfing and stuff or whatever. But uh, then I think it was like 2008 or 7, 8, somewhere around. No, maybe it was a little earlier than that. Uh, GoPros and like action cameras and contours or whatever came out. And everyone's a filmmaker all of a sudden. And some people were like naysaying what I was doing. And I kind of listened to them. And I was just like, yeah, you know, you're right. I'm never going to make any money doing that, blah, blah, blah. And then I, uh, I started doing corporate IT. <clears throat> and I was miserable. It sucked. I hated it. Um, and then my mom passed away and I was like, shit, sorry, can I curse on this or no? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, I got a fucking mouth of a sailor. Um, the more the merrier, me too. So it's all good. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, my mom passed away and I was like, damn, like life's short. You better do what you love. So I got my first DSLR then. Um, I had the shot HD video or whatever and I had old cameras, like I had an old GL1 and a Sony PC-110 that was, you know, like three CC cameras that shot on mini DV tapes or whatever. But that was like my first, like, my Nikon D7000 was my first, like, high-def camera or whatever. And I just started calling myself a professional photographer and filmmaker, and I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I had a basic concept of, you know, shooting and editing, but I was, at that point, I think I was, like, still all, like, either auto or shutter priority or aperture priority mode or whatever. I wasn't shooting manual, you know. And um, fortunately, I had some talented friends, and I was able to travel with them shooting snowboarding and truck racing and whatnot, and it just kind of progressed from there. And now that's what I do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a couple of years, four years later, my dad passed away, and that was just another, like, kick in the ass to, well, this is definitely what you're doing. Um because life's super short, you know, so might as well not be miserable. When did it start to become profitable for you? I mean, like you were, you were saying to your friends, like, yeah, you're right. I'm never going to make money at this. When did it start to become profitable? Um, when was the first, I remember my first gig that I shot, like my first paycheck, 
And I was like, oh my God, I can actually do this. It was like, I want to say it was probably like that, that year when I started. I mean, I wasn't, I'd moved back. Like I moved home to help take care of my mom when she was in hospice and she ended up uh, passing away like 10 days after I got there. And so I was, I was doing the corporate IT thing and I hung out with my dad for like a year to try and just keep him company so he wasn't lonely and stuff. Just, you know, watching TV and dinner together every night. <laughs> um, and he was like, well, you're miserable here. Clearly you need to go back to Colorado. I was like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to buy a house, blah, blah. He was like, dude, get the fuck out of here. You, you hate it here. Go, go get out of here. I was like, all right. So went back and, um, I was working five jobs and doing the photo film stuff. And five jobs. Yeah, I was doing, so I was a bellman. No, I was not a bellman first. Yeah, I was a bellman at a hotel. I was night out at a hotel. I was, uh, working in a restaurant, a hot dog, like, stand restaurant um i was doing photos and film for the snowboard camp and then i was doing my own photo and film stuff on the side and so like it was crazy i was working like seven to three in the morning and three to eleven or i'd work three to eleven and eleven to seven in the morning and i'd come home and if there was like some event at the ski resort i'm like oh my god i just worked 16 hours but i gotta go shoot this because i want to get noticed and like i went shot it edited it posted it went to bed went back to work and that kind of eventually landed me um, Breckenridge Ski Resort is one of my clients was just like hitting them up, tagging them in everything that I shot. And it just kind of progressed from there. And then I've probably been shooting for them for like five or six years now, maybe somewhere around there. But um, yeah, it was like that first or second year when I got back, I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can make money. I mean, I was still working jobs here and there, you know, just to support myself because it wasn't consistent. And now that I'm kind of doing that, um, I work at a hotel like one day every month or one day every couple months. It's a Hilton property. So we get super cheap hotel rooms anywhere in the world that there's a Hilton property. So it like makes sense. I save more money by working there than I actually make there. And so I kind of had that, like when I travel, I'm like, Oh sweet. Like I go on tour with a band. I'm like, yeah, we can get rooms 29 bucks a night or 39 bucks a night at like a five star resort. It's, it's pretty awesome. So as long as I've been, yeah, it's, it's pretty kick-ass. And there's a bunch of other benefits. Like, I can park there when I go shred. Um, they have a medallion, which is like a free ski pass that if I have, like, friends that come from out of town, they can use that. But uh, I'll always, as long as I live here, just because of the benefits of it. Yeah, but no, it's kind of, it's crazy. I'm sure you know, it's like feast or famine with, with this. It's like, you'll be super busy and double booked and triple booked, and then you won't work for, like, a month or two, and you're like, holy crap, like, I gotta save more money. I'm gonna die. Next time, yeah, it's like, <laughs> It's funny, whenever you see me like online trying to sell prints, that's when I'm like, oh shit, how am I going to pay rent? <laughs> I'm like, oh, check it out. I got these aluminum prints. They're awesome. Buy them so I can still live here. <laughs> but, Dude, I think we all go through that. Man, I, my lizard, literally, I have a chameleon that's like on the brink of dying and like had to take him to the vet and it had like a huge vet bill and I was like, buy a print so I can save my lizard. <laughs> Seriously, I feel you. I got to take my pup in to get some dental work and it's like... It's going to be pretty expensive. I'm like, oh, God. Like, it'll fix it. Sell some prints, boy. Yeah, do, right? <laughs> now, but I've been super busy. Um, looking forward. I'm heading out to uh, northeastern Wyoming tomorrow to shoot for uh, three days for the BBC. So I'm super stoked on that. It'll be fun. So the thing that's the most fascinating to me about you and what you do is that you're self-taught, but you're shooting for, like, Nat Geo, BBC, like how, 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 how is this possible? How is this happening? Because as like, 
as someone who loves Nat Geo and grew up watching Nat Geo and Animal Planet, all these things, like Nat Geo is like a life goal of mine. You know what I mean? Like, how? Tell me your ways. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's all just networking and like word of mouth, I, I guess. Like that was one of my goals when I started shooting was like, yeah, one day I'm shooting for Nat Geo. And like I was trying to do things to make that happen. Like there's this organization, it's called Photographers Without Borders. It's kind of like Doctors Without Borders where it's a nonprofit and you go to like third world countries and try and bring like issues that the countries are having. Maybe it's like slave sex trafficking or it's like water issues or just, you know, poverty, um, farming issues, whatever it is, you, you try and bring them to light. And so I found out that National Geographic and like Huffington Post and Google, they pull a bunch of their contact content from that organization, Photographers Without Borders. I was like, man, I got to get into that somehow. And so I applied for it online and I was going back and forth with them. They're like, yeah, if you're a scuba dive, scuba certified, the scuba certified, certified. Um, you have a better chance. Like there's bonus points. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm actually working on that right now. So I called up this place in uh, Beaver Creek or Avon, I think it is. Beaver Divers was like, I need to get certified immediately right now, like tomorrow. They're like, all right, you're in the next class. I was like, sweet. So um, I went halfway through that. I didn't end up doing the pool day, but um, got a call before I, like I got accepted into Photographers Without Borders and they had me potentially going to Nepal to uh, do this like sex trafficking thing. But it was during one of those times where I was like, yeah, where I was like famine. And if you don't raise, it's all like self-funded. So you do like a GoFundMe type thing through their organization. Um, if you don't raise enough money, then you have to pay for it yourself. And it was like 2,500 bucks. And this is like when I was kind of like slow and I was like, oh crap, like I wish this would have happened like three or four months earlier. I would have been able to just be like, bam, here we go. We're going, I'm paying for it, you know? Um, unfortunately, I didn't end up going to Nepal. Um, I'm still in with that organization though. And I'm going to try and do some stuff here in the upcoming future. But uh, yeah, so there was that. That's kind of like the steps I was trying to take to shoot for Nagio. And um, I was, that didn't get me there. But I'm pretty active on social, posting what I'm doing or whatever, because it's kind of it's funny saying this, but if you don't talk about yourself, nobody will, you know? Um, in that aspect, like you got to be current and like, hey, look, I've been doing this recently and blah, 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 whatever. Um, so I tried to stay active and a friend hit me up and he's like, hey, uh, a friend of mine's, uh, a filmmaker out in Aspen and they're looking for a drone pilot to do this thing. And I was like, Oh yeah, dude, I'm down to fly, whatever. And so I got in touch um, with my now buddy, Matt from vital films. And he's like, yeah, we're, we're doing this uh, hostile planet show and it's like right in your neighborhood. So yeah, I linked up with them and it was literally like in my backyard, maybe six miles away from my house where we were shooting up on Quandry, which was kind of ironic. Um, Cause that's the mountain that I spread my mother's ashes at. And so it was kind of like a whole, coming of full circle for me like yeah i was like i got up there and i'm starting to get emotional about it now <laughs> but uh yeah it was it was definitely a, a pretty crazy experience it was awesome um yeah and that was hostile planet we shot the mountain goat segment of the very first episode that aired uh in the beginning of april but so i obviously watched it because i mean i knew you were a part of it and i had to check it out and i like watching that when the when the little baby birds were falling <laughs> down the mountain i know you didn't film that but what 
I was watching it just in utter terror oh the whole time. Dude, that oh. and the snow leopard in the very beginning. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's funny. So I didn't screen it before it aired. And we had like a little viewing party here at my house. There was like 20 or 30 friends over. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys haven't seen Hostile Planet, listeners, you have to check it out. It's absolutely one of the most beautifully shot. Like, the cinematography is absolutely, like, astounding. And it's, like, things like, did they shoot this in a studio? Like, right. it's so perfect. Right. It's oh. so perfect. Yeah, it was, I was God. super stoked to be a part of that project. Um I was like, so how long dream. were you guys filming for? I'm sorry. How long were you guys filming for? Uh, we shot for four or five days up on Quandry. And then they shot the other part where the river was in uh, Glacier National Park. And I think they were on that shoot for 10 days. So two weeks. So you weren't like camping weeks. out there, huh? What's that? You were like going home every You weren't camping or anything. You no, were just I going was, home every day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was just like six miles away from my house. So I just drove back to my place. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing wow so it was literally like in the neighborhood yep yeah and so now i actually live closer to it i'm like literally probably three quarters of a mile away from quandary which is kind of cool i can see it from the house but yeah it's funny like when i got there i was like all right i'm working let's do it blah 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 and i was like in total work mode and then i remember on the last day of the shoot when i pulled out i was like holy fucking shit i just shot for nat geo like like check you know what i mean like what <laughs> yeah. just happened how what <laughs> and then it was it was even more surreal watching it when it was on so oh yeah and you're like that i you you did that like you yeah. made that and it's on tv dude like that's huge it's massive yeah it was, it was, congratulations thank you thank you so much <laughs> it's a long time coming a lot of you know footwork to get to the point to get that call it's like worth it all though 100 percent so what was your process? Like when you went out there, like when you went to go find these mountain goats and film these mountain goats, like what was the process of like finding them and then setting up your shot? How did you choose what lenses you were using? Things like that. Like what was the process of filming these mountain goats? So we camped out in the parking lot. Um, that's where like our, our base was. And they, a lot of them just come down from the hills and like the salt off the cars. It was kind of funny. If you look at one of my, um, my Instagram uh, stories or whatever, it's just literally goats on top of trucks, just destroying cars. And it's insane. Like we, we tried warning everybody and like, look, I wouldn't park there. If you're going to go hike, I'd park down lower kind of. And, uh, they didn't listen. So they got goaded is what we were calling it. Um, but yeah, so they would come down to the parking lot and we were just trying to focus on this one mother and kid. Cause that was like the story of our segment was, um, so the hostile planet, right? It's a hostile planet. Um, not all animals survive. Um, the hostile part of our segment was crossing the river to get to the salt leak, which was shot in um, Glacier. And not all the baby goats make it. And unfortunately, they get swept downstream and drown. Um, so we were just trying to focus on the mom and the kid. And I mean, there was like 30 or 40 other goats just hanging out, running around. But we'd be based out of the parking lot and then we'd go up. I was I was flying. So I was like the pilot in command for the drone. Um, so I wasn't running the red or anything. But uh, I think I think Matt had like a fifty to a thousand lens. Like the, it was crazy. The red, the whole setup was just like a bazooka. It was giant. Um, I was I was flying. Uh, I think it was a ten millimeter lens, a sixteen millimeter lens, a twenty five and a forty five. Um, it was pretty crazy. Like we were dual operating it. Uh, myself and Kale, who was the other pilot on the 
the episode and we were using the inspire too and like the, the pilot's view it's like it's horrible on the i2 it's like 480p or something like that um so it's kind of if you're on the 45 lens you're super zoomed in but you don't really know where you're at kind of in the air you know because we're we were you know flying around we had a, a spotter around the corner but as the pilot you're like oh am i good going back and forth on radios and they're like yeah you're good da, 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 whatever but um <laughs> but it was kind of crazy because the terrain was so rocky and their cars and stuff we were flying into and we kept losing signal so we had to like run towards it and try and figure out like all right it's back we're going up so we can see it and you know what i mean i mean the spotter always had a, a sight on it but the pilot not necessarily it was kind of like a relay you know but yeah it was crazy it was, it was super fun those guys are all awesome where you guys were filming is that a national park no. area no it's not, it's not okay so i was gonna say like you didn't have to go through like the drone process to get like you know access because you yeah. can't fly like in national yeah for for our segment or our part on quandary it wasn't but they had to do that for glacier where the um the salt lake was in the river but i, I wasn't a part of that i was just a part of the quandary shoot right so you had yourself flying you had camera viewfinder guy and then you had a spotter yep. for your drone yep. and we so so we had a crew of like five or six people oh that's awesome yeah um so you were shooting on lenses and you said you couldn't really figure out where you were if you're like if you're the in the viewfinder you can't like yeah, I mean, tell where you're at it's kind of, of tough, the lens. like on the 45 because it's so zoomed in you know um so it's kind of like i would have to keep switching back and forth um to kale's like view to see what he was seeing and then go back to my view and like we switched on and off you know like i was flying he was shooting he was flying i was shooting so you know running the gimbal wow so can you talk about the uh, bbc project you're going to be working on um i honestly don't know a whole lot about it uh, i just got the call last week for it and it's a show that's going to be kind of like mythbusters but for animals and it's going to be um proving myths or disproving them um so i know i'm not sure who the hosts are yet um i know that we're gonna be shooting a cattle drive and the only other thing i know about it is that uh we're gonna be shooting what color bulls either see or like they're more prone to go after like obviously you see matadors and they have like a red thingy whatever that they're waving to try and get the bull's attention um so i know that there's yeah gonna be different painted mannequins I, I believe out in the field or something um i was just talking to them earlier this morning before our call and they're like you're gonna have so much fun this is gonna be a great shoot i'm like i cannot freaking wait and i've so it's just up in northeast wyoming right across the border from south dakota which i've never been to and it's one of three states that i've got left so i'm gonna knock that out after the shoot maybe go check out mount rushmore or uh was it deadwood i think is up there but yeah honestly i'm just gonna pretty much leave tomorrow morning, drive up there, hang out at the ranch, shoot three days, then uh, stay the last night, probably check out South Dakota and drive back. So, Wow. What are the other states that you have? Uh, Maine, Alaska, and South Dakota are my last three. Man, you got to get to Alaska. It's amazing. You'll never want to leave. I know. I want to go up there next spring, hopefully, and try and maybe do some, uh, some heli drops. We'll see what happens. Yes. But hey, I did one on a glacier. It was the coolest thing. It was the cool. We just landed right on this glacier and just hung out for like 15 minutes. It's absolutely mind blowing, dude. That's so rad.
Yeah, definitely. That's I just did Hawaii was one of my last ones. I just did that in February for my birthday, so that was super fun. Got a bunch of friends that live out there, and I'm surprised that I've ever gotten to Maine yet. I mean, I lived in Vermont right before I moved out to Colorado I'm from the East Coast originally, but I just never made it up that far north. And then I'm going to knock out South Dakota this week, so pretty stoked. On conquering another state, man. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> so as far as like what you want, where do you want to go? Like, what do you want to do next? Like, what what are your what are your goals? What do you do? You have any like personal upcoming projects you're working on? Things like that. Um, I just kind of want to travel as much more internationally now for work than I have been. Um, some safari down in Namibia hit me up or they followed me on Instagram. I followed them back and we started chatting. I was like, Hey, if you ever need any content created, blah, 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 let me know. Have camera will travel, which is like my saying, you know? Um, and they were like, yeah, we just checked out your, your work and your website and one word awesome, blah, blah, is the owner, owner of the safari place. And he's like, we'll be in touch. What do you need? I was like, uh, what do I need? I was like, well, I'm gonna have a team of 10 and <laughs> bring all my friends. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from them. And then I guess it was like two or three, two years ago, I won this dream job in competition and I went down to Peru and shot for a week there. And, uh, the company that I was shooting for, uh, posted something not too long ago that they were looking for somebody to create content. I was like, Hey, what's up? I'm over here guys. And they're like, Oh my God, will you move to Peru for three months? I was like, Absolutely. And they're like, what's your salary? I was like, well, I don't really have a salary, but we can figure something out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I got a, uh, a WhatsApp call with them in the next week. I'm trying to figure that out. But yeah, I mean, I just wow. travel and see the world as much as possible. I'm trying to hopefully go back to Iceland in November for two weeks. I want to uh, get a camper and do the whole ring road. Um, I was there back in 2014 and I was there for four days, kind of just flew in, shot, flew out. You know, like it was real quick, but I got some, some pretty cool images there. I crashed my first drone horribly. That was super fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that place is amazing. I don't know if you've ever been, but I highly recommend it by far. My favorite. There's country. a, uh, there's an abandoned plane crash out there that I have to go see. I'm sure you've yeah. heard about it. Yep. Yeah. It's in Vic. On the salt flat. Yep. Yeah, I gotta go. I got I'm abandoned is like my shit, you know. Like that's like when I'm not freelancing, I'm exploring abandoned places, you know. And like oh, yeah. I remember the first time I saw like a long exposure photo of that plane and it just blew me away. And I was like, I gotta go to Iceland just for this. But I mean there's like tell me tell me about Iceland. Like what what was there? Like what did you film? What did you shoot? Like what tell me that just the beauty of Iceland. It's unbelievable. Like we I saw it was kinda of funny. Um, there was a brewery opening party here and it was like the grand opening. So I went to that, had a couple drinks, came home, had a couple more drinks with my roommates. And then I woke up with a plane ticket by myself to Iceland the next day. <laughs> it was like one of those like Facebook ads on the side. It's like Iceland round trip, lodging, airfare, everything's included. 700 bucks is like, apparently I booked it and I was woke up the next morning. I was like, holy shit, I'm going to fucking Iceland guys. <laughs> and they were like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, look, I got all these confirmations. They're like, oh, sweet. So I ended up booking a trip by myself. I talked my buddy Alex into going. So, because um, I was just going to go hitchhike around the island as much as I could in four days, shoot, and then fly back. But I uh, talked him into going, and then we ended up renting a car. So we flew into Vic, hung out there for one night, 
Um, we, d- we were just kind of doing day trips um, with the exception we camped in Jacques Lerone, which is like the uh, southeastern corner of the island. But uh, from Reykjavik, like within, I guess it's like 45 minutes is a golden circle where like Gophels Falls is and Geyser and like a whole bunch of kind of touristy things. But if you get there at the right time, we went in the off season and we were kind of pretty much just chasing sunrise and sunset the entire time. Um, so it's like not a whole lot of people there. It was kind of chilly out. Um, it wasn't like Colorado cold by any means. But uh, yeah, we went, did the Golden Circle. Then we went to Vic, which is where the Black Sand Beaches are. Uh, drove down to Jaco Sarone. And like the whole reason why I wanted to go <clears throat> was I wanted to shoot the Northern Heights. And we they have this website where you can, it's like rated on a one to 10 what the chances are of you seeing them. And right, we, yeah, yeah. We got to Jaco Sarone. It was like a 1.5. Like I was, I was talking to the lady at the hostel where two of my buddies were going to stay because we actually ended up meeting um, one of my buddies from Philly and his friend was in Reykjavik at the same exact time. And I posted something on Instagram. He's like, holy shit, dude, you're in Reykjavik? I'm in Reykjavik. We're like, let's go. So we ended up meeting up and it ended up becoming a group of four of us, which was pretty rad. Um, so the one night before we went to Jaco Sarone, we stayed out pretty late, had some drinks or whatever. Um, everyone wasn't feeling great the next day. And I went to the front desk lady at the hostel where they, two of the guys were going to stay because they did not want to camp on the beach. And I was like, so what's the website say? She's like, yeah, it's like a one and a half. So I go to my, my friend Travis's buddy. I was like, dude, it's like an eight and a half, nine. We're definitely seeing it. It's gonna be so <laughs> He's like, fuck yeah, dude, let's go. So I ended up <laughs> on this beach. I never met the kid before. And um, yeah, I just set up a couple of time lapses and we ended up playing war for a couple of hours and went to bed, woke up the next morning and it was awesome. Like the footage wasn't, I mean, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to get, but it was better than a one and a half, which is what the chick said it was to me. At least I thought, you know, but I've only been there once and I've only seen it, but I've, I mean, I've seen other like time lapses. I'm like, damn, my shit kind of sucks. I want to go back. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's awesome. The people there are all super nice. Everyone's freaking drop dead gorgeous dudes and chicks. Like everyone's like a freaking supermodel. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Vikings, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean the food's not my favorite. <laughs> They're like national foods a hot dog, and I consider myself a hot dog connoisseur, kind of. Like I eat more hot dogs than I probably should. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we went to get our first hot dog, and they're like, "Yeah, you got to put all the condiments on it. It gets a taste of the hot dog out of your mouth." We're like, "What? Like isn't?" <laughs> supposed to be the thing not the condiments <laughs> but oh my god yeah that was rad i had such a great experience i definitely want to do it again i have a bunch of friends that um had gone out there before me that were filmmakers and uh they were like yeah do this do that do this definitely get as far away from Reykjavik as you can and my two buddies that um, ended up eventually being out there that we ran into they were just going to stay in the city the whole time i was like no you guys are coming with us let's go giddy up so it was super rad. I love that place. Man, yeah, definitely, definitely Iceland's on the list. I was trying to go this year, but I don't know if we can make it happen. But maybe we'll see what's up. We'll see. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll find you in November. Yeah, I was just gonna say, man, come out with me. Like November's like the perfect time because it's kind of the slow season. It's not really cold. Um, northern lights are going off. You know, um, dude, I'm, I'm thinking first two weeks probably in November. If you want to go, let's do it. I'll start looking into tickets. First two weeks. Campers. <laughs> First two weeks. All right. I am into that idea for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, Nat Geo, mm-hmm. what, 
what what is what is your like is there something that you would die to film for Nat Geo? I know the mountain goats were cool, but it was, is there something that like now that you've done one thing for them, like that you want to like really do? Man, so yeah, I would love to do some underwater stuff. Um, I need to get my scuba certification number one. I've if I didn't go to school and play hockey in college and do sports management, excuse me, I was going to become a marine biologist. I love the ocean. I love fish. I love sharks. I was going to specifically try and study sharks. Um, that is something I want to do. There's a lot that I have to do before I get to that point, you know, but I just, yeah, anything having to do with the water, beaches, water, lizards, <laughs> All these, I, don't know, I love animals. I'm an animal lover, <laughs> but I think it'd be super cool to do some marine animals. Well, we're going to have a, a, a scuba instructor on the podcast soon, so she might be able to give you a little bit of help or some tips or maybe hook you up with somebody that, that can oh, help yeah. you get scuba certified quickly. Because yeah. she was like, she was like, yeah, if you want to shoot like underwater stuff, I know all the people all over the place, so That's you just got to get certified. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I'm halfway there. I like took, I got through 80% of the test and then I just got super busy and it kind of like fell to the wayside. And I did my pool days almost finished the test and I just got to go do my open water dive and finish the test and I'll be good to go. But yeah, it's awesome. I just love being in the water. Man, I hope, I hope that you get there. I know you, I know you will. I have, I have a feeling you're probably going to be filming sharks here in no time. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be pretty, pretty freaking cool, man. So, um, I just want to stress like to people listening to this, that this guy right here is a self-taught He's self-taught and he's shooting for Nat Geo. He's shooting for BBC. Like, can you just talk to people a little bit about like how you taught yourself? Like what, what steps did you take? Were you like on YouTube? Were you like on Google? Like how did you teach yourself like all the, all the necessary things to get to this level? Just honestly, like I did spend some time on YouTube, like just watching like how to videos and whatnot. But the best thing you can do is just honestly go out there and shoot as much as you possibly can. And if your you know your photos are overexposed, there's a reason why. Trying to figure out why they're overexposed or underexposed, or if you're you're not like you're it's just not not lined up properly. There's like the rule of thirds, you know. There's like just go out and do it, and never listen to anybody because people are gonna naysay you and talk shit and tell you you're wasting your time and blah blah blah. And they're don't listen to them. Just do it. Never give up. Follow your dreams. Just go out and kick ass. Learn as much as you can. You can always undershoot. You can never overshoot, you know? True that. True that. So what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Um, that's a good question. Something I know now. Um, sh- shoot more manual. <laughs> Don't shoot on <auto, laughs> especially with video, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. your aperture is going to change and it's going to totally just fuck up everything. Yeah. Shoot yeah, manual. I can attest to that. I can attest <laughs> to that. Shoot a manual. And if you're not doing it, start doing it immediately. Yep. And always, <laughs> always shoot raw. Don't shoot JPEG. Yeah, always, always, always shoot in raw, guys. Always shoot the highest quality you can possibly shoot with the device you have. Definitely. Because you can always downsize it. You can't upsize something you should mm. Mm. Yep. You can only polish a turd so much, guys. Yep. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Don't <laughs> <Talk> show. <laughs> So what are some challenges you've had to face and overcome either while out shooting or just, you know, like in, as, as your career has grown, what are some challenges you've faced that you've had to overcome? 
Um, definitely when I'm out shooting, you know, if I'm specifically flying drones, weather, wind, um, batteries failing, birds flying away. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I was actually, uh, out shooting some wake surfing and wakeboarding the other day and somehow the distance, like there's a setting in one of the drones where you can only fly 1500 feet away. Like that was enabled. And I was like, holy shit, like we're pretty far away and I cannot go any, in any direction. I can only go up or down. I was like, we got to get the boat back over there immediately because it's an expensive bird and I'm not trying to lose it because it's my backup bird for this BB, BBC shoot. And I was like, oh crap, get over there. But uh, yeah, um, as far as career, just like if you're doing something really good, people are probably gonna talk shit on you which i mean i kind of let go to the wayside i don't really care what anyone thinks of me or says or whatever but that in the very beginning like that and listening pe to people like naysaying me like oh you everyone's a filmmaker blah 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 like no everyone's not a filmmaker like everybody can have a camera and go shoot a video but it takes a lot you know just don't listen to people just go out and do it hell yeah hell yeah well, I was going to ask you for final advice, but that's final advice right there, man. <laughs> so go ahead and plug your social media for the listeners. Uh, let them know where they can find you and uh, let them know. I mean, we know what you're up to, but where, where can we find you and your stuff? Yeah, um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all the good stuff. I'm at Joseph Large. And then uh, if you want to check out my website, which I should probably update, <laughs> um, it's josephlarge.com. Um, you can just Google Joe Larger, Joseph Large, and you should be able to find me. Awesome, man. Well, I wish you the best of luck with everything in your future, and I can't wait to see more of your content on TV, on the internet, everywhere. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, and let's let's set up this Iceland trip for real. I'm not kidding. 100%. I'm super, super down. I'm <laughs> super down. Let's do it, man. I'm down. Let's go. Right, where are you going to be flying out of? Are you going to be out of LA? or? Um, I'll probably fly out of LA, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Sick. Word. I'm going to start looking for tickets, buddy. We're doing it. Perfect, man. I'll talk to you soon. I'm excited. All right. Sounds good. Chat soon. Wow. What a podcast. That was so much fun. Um, I don't even know what to say. I, I'm just super excited. I finally got to talk to Joe a little bit about what he does and where he's gone and the projects he's worked on. I've been following this guy. You know, I'm friends with him on Facebook and uh, I've been following his journey for a little while now, and it's super cool to see somebody that is self-taught that is shooting for companies like Nat Geo and for the BBC, and he's doing so many amazing things and telling so many amazing stories, and I, I can't wait to see where he goes from here, and I can't wait to see his next project on TV. Super cool. Super duper cool. And uh, Joe, thank you for taking the time to be on Project Freelance. I truly appreciate it, man. If you guys enjoyed this episode, do me a huge favor and leave a rating, leave some feedback for myself, for the audience, for potential people that are looking for a podcast like you were when you found this one. I'm sure you read some of the some of the ratings. I'm sure you, sure you read some of the comments when you were looking at this podcast trying to figure out if you wanted to listen to this. And that's probably a huge reason why you came to listen to this podcast. So please do me a favor and leave a rating so other people can find the podcast and get feedback from listeners just like you. I would really appreciate it, guys. Also, if you want to pre-order my photo book, No Tracers, you can go to justtheletterk.com slash no tracers. Pick up a copy of my photo book. 
It's a collection of some of my favorite photographs from abandoned places that I've explored over the past couple of years, and I wanted to put it in book form and add some diary entries to it, so I hope you guys check it out, and I hope you like it whenever it comes out. I appreciate you guys listening to this episode of Project Freelance. I will talk to you next week. If you have not subscribed on your streaming app, please subscribe so you know when I drop an episode. But if you just need a quick reminder, it is every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out, and go create something.